To Funny Looks, the podcast where I talk to performers about the clothes they wear, featuring special guest, comedian, DJ, MC, actor, and style icon, Mikey Motion. Hello, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How are started, you? I'm good, I'm good. I started off with one of my catchphrases here. Hello, mate. Is Hello, that a, mate. That's is a catchphrase. That, is that? I thought that was just a catchphrase that you used for me on WhatsApp. Aye, well, it's. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get it to catch on. You know. Right. Well, I thought that was just specifically for me. So now I'm like gutted that you. <laughs> that's you're just using your own catchphrase in voice notes to me. Because I, I send you a picture of an outfit, you say "Hello, mate." I thought that was just. <laughs> What? This is it's not just, a good way. It's just for you. It's just for you. Start the podcast. It's just for you. We're starting the podcast with me realizing that my whole life is a lie. <laughs> no, it's. It, I'm. I, I, I'm just trying to branch it. Out. I'm trying to use it more. You know. Right. Do you have any other catchphrases? Um. <laughs> not that I can think of. The new. When something's tasty. If I'm eating something, I like to say it's. Chompa lumping. That's good. Where did that come from? I used to always say chomping, chompy. <laughs> that that used to be my catchphrase, chompy or chomping. What then, does that even mean? It just means like years ago, if we had, if there was a good <laughs> tune that we heard, I would say that's chomping or that's chompy, and then I just started using it for like juice. This this apple juice is chompa lumping. Yeah. This you love de- juice. I love juice. I love juice. This decaf coffee is chompa lumping. Okay. I'm excited about your catchphrases, although if not a little bit disheartened that they're oh. a worldwide phenomenon <laughs> and not just specific to me. So the reason I wanted to get you on is um, I like that you are a comedian and DJ. Yep. That's something that, um, you know, I relate to in some ways. I'm not as big a DJ as you, but I do DJ. And also, we have talked a lot about clothes. Oh, aye. Um, And also, I'm sure a lot of the listeners will know this, but you are actually a celebrity. Ah, I hate when people say that. Why? Um... I don't know, like, why do you think I'm a celebrity? Well, because you you had the viral video. (laughs) Right, see, that's why. It's like, (laughs) for the listeners, Amelia is probably referring to the the Bergie Boy video. Now, when I done that video, I done that video about seven years ago, and it went viral, but... I didn't mean for that video to go viral. I had been doing sketches for many years before that, and that's the one that just ended up going crazy and blowing up. And I hated it for years. I hated it because I just became a meme. (laughs) Right? I became a meme through that video. And then I I realised that people actually enjoy it. People like it. People like the character. So I just started embracing it. Aw, so see if you were trying to describe that video to an audience that aren't like from Glasgow. So yeah. if we take it back to, <laughs> to square one, like um, 
basically in the video, Mikey is wearing a Burgos jacket. Side note, I bought one of these jackets recently to try and be cool and fit in, but I was pronouncing it incorrectly. I literally messaged Mikey and my friend Susan saying, oh my God, guys, I've just got this new Burghouse jacket. And my friend Susan was like, she was like, Amelia, it's Burgos. It's a Burgos. I was like, Berg, are you sure it's not Burghouse? She's like, no, Burgos. Anyway, uh, Mikey is like wearing these jackets and he's wearing like layers and layers of them. And then you have a catchphrase for that as well. What was the catchphrase in that video? It's absolutely bloody roasting in here. There we go. Iconic. I think it's cool to have a catchphrase, though, because you can kind of just start from there and, like, build on that. Aye, that that was a good thing. Like, um, but by the way, I think every English person calls a Bergos a Berghouse. Right. So, so it's it... not just you. I think it's just the way... <laughs> I think it's just the way they see it and the, just the way they pronounce it. I think Bergos, there's a... Like it's manufactured in Newcastle, <gasps> and I think they say Burgos. Wow. But we would say Burgos, but um, to the... What was the question again? Sorry. I've literally forgotten. I think I was just calling you a celebrity, and then um, I was trying to describe oh, the viral so video. I so like the catchphrase thing, it's good to have a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, that when i done that video... It was that video that made me get into live comedy performance. So I'd never actually done stand up before that video. I'd always made sketches. I was always, I was like basically like a an online comedian, and it was like um, because that video did go so viral. Everybody was sharing it. Everybody was posting it. People were sending me videos of people from all the world. Like, try to imitate it and <laughs> everywhere I went people were saying it so it did become a catchphrase and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did do the video now because I might never have got into stand-up always it was always something I wanted to do but that gave me the sort of push or the edge to actually go for it because the first bit of stand-up I've ever done was a, a show that I put on myself and it was Bergy Boy wow. so I done so I done like half an hour my first show, I'd done half an hour of Bergy Boy, <laughs> and then half half an hour of just me, just try to tell stories. Wow. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> and then for there, it just took off. So I want to sort of, um, we can discuss your kind of jump into like the stand-up world in a moment, but I really want to sort of go back and talk yeah. to you about something. <clears throat> so we did a gig the other night called Freed Up, which is a sober comedy night. So myself and Mikey are both sober, so... Those nights are good vibes. Um, yeah. But afterwards, we went to KFC. You got an iconic meal. <laughs> I got a small popcorn chicken. I don't know why I'm admitting to this, but it's, I feel no. like that shows that I can be myself around you because I honestly ordered the most tragic meal. And I was like, look, don't judge me for this. But then, do you remember you gave me one of your chicken wings and then I accidentally <laughs> ate the bone? I'm still not over that. Excuse me. I, you just, I, I don't know what you put. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was like wiggling a bag of hot wings in your face, like hot wing, hot wing. You're like, all right then, and you grabbed it and you just put butt into it as if it was just like a bit of boneless chicken. I thought, I thought that like society and science had moved so far ahead that even chicken wings were boneless now. Like that is oh, genuinely. Man. I thought they'd been like genetically modified. But anyway. During that conversation, that delightful chat that we had, like, let's just put my tragic meal aside. Um, you told me that you had been making content since you were really young, including making content using a Game Boy printer. A Game Boy camera and a Game Boy printer. Printer. That was, that <laughs> That's was me trying life. to do a Scottish accent. Do you think I'm good there? A Game Boy printer. You're the, you're the best ever. <laughs> Scottish impersonator, the best English <laughs> Scottish impersonator because I've had this my whole life. Like when I um, gigging in England for years, and pals were all, all all over England, basically every big city in England, everybody tries to do the Scottish accent and it's so shit. But you actually sound like you're forgiven. Do you know what I mean? Can I get it all in sausage, please? That was you, it. Was you that told me? I sent a voice note to you like during this impersonation. 
and, the, and you were like you should do that on stage and actually now that is a bit that helps me to win over Glasgow audience <laughs> so I've it's, got you to thank for that no it's it's fucking I, I love that I love that but it's so amazing because people people don't expect it because you've got a, you've got an English voice <laughs> accent and then you just hit it with the actual like you belong and govern do you know what I mean before I go into the Game Boy (coughs) camera but I just can I say when you ordered your meal in KFC and when they gave you it I couldn't stop laughing because (laughs) it was the smallest but it it wouldn't even have filled up Tom Thumb right it was it was like the it was like what the fuck is that it was like a fucking <laughs> tiny bot. It was like, it was so. I'm trying to. I can't even describe how tiny this fucking box was, and you're just holding this with box. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm waiting on the pure. pure <laughs> I've got a big tray. I've got a big tray of chicken. A box but, meal, fucking extra uh, chicken, fucking. But boneless chicken. I was working in a pizza van during the day, so you know I was literally <laughs> eating pizza like all day. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna pour some of my coffee. I know you like. I've not actually had any yet. I've actual like not had a coffee yet today. How bad is that? And then I'm trying to do a podcast. This is why there's no linear structure to the pod today. Yeah. Well, this is my this is my first coffee in a while, but this is actually decaf. Because if I had drank an actual normal coffee right now, I would be I would be fucking bouncing off the walls. That's funny. That's um, like yeah, sober vibes. But yeah, so obviously that meal was tragic. But what was nice was our chat, and you told me a little bit about you know the fact that you used to make content like yeah because like now it's so easy to make content on an iphone tiktok all these programs talk tell talk me through your creative process and then we'll talk right. about clothes <laughs> okay so basically like before even like sketches or any content anything like that it was always just trying to make my mates laugh and it was just trying to be stupid trying to be silly and i i, I got a game boy for my Christmas, I think it was 1998, Game Boy Colour, it was a purple Game Boy, I loved it, I loved the fucking thing, right, it was amazing, but then they started bringing out all these wee accessories for it, and that's what I would spend my my money on, and then they, they, they brought out this thing called Game Boy Camera, where it was just like a cartridge at the back, and it was a full functioning colour camera, right, and then they brought out a an add-on called Game Boy Printer. So basically, you could like, take these pictures, you could edit them. It was like, it was like a wee sort of, it was basically like a very, very crap version of Photoshop on the Game Boy camera and you could edit. But you could also make these wee films, you know, you could make um, wee sketches and stuff. So you would like, take a picture of yourself and your face would be like, I don't know how to describe it. See, like, your face would al- almost turn into I don't know if you watch South Park, like Terence and Philip, the way the lips move, it would go like that, and you could make these wee movies. So that's that's where the kind of content started. Now I couldn't share this content, but I knew for myself. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I just muted myself so I could drink my coffee and listen to your oh, story. Right. <laughs> I thought, right, sorry. <laughs> so I'm just pure talking a lot of shit here. And I thought you, I thought I was muted. I was um, literally just listening. <laughs> Right, I was just cool. trying to let you go, you know. Right, that's fine. So yeah. basically, with, with this Game Boy camera and printer, like I said, it was my fucking life. I loved it. And um, me and my mate would take sneaky pictures of people that stayed in the close or people walking past the window and we would like make wee videos of them and we would print their faces and write something, like maybe some sort of slagging. And then the, the printer would come in and it would make a wee sticker and we would stick it on the people's doors and chat the door and run away and they would have a sticker on their door and they never knew who it was. So that that's where I think I got the, you know, the buzz, the excitement to actually make funny videos and stuff like that. And then after the, after the kind of Game Boy camera and printer thing, I found a, a camcorder in my dad's cupboard and me and my mates would make wee videos. Like, it was like... Um, you know, on, on the, the old camcorders, you could pause the video while it was filming. So we would make ourselves disappear 
and we would make wee ninja films and we would be like jumping up in the air, disappearing and end up on the other side of the room. And then that was, that was the, you know, the sort of next thing. And then a few years later, phones started having cameras on them. You could make wee videos and it was just making videos and just, uh, even before Bebo, you would just share it, like by, was it Bluetooth? You would Bluetooth videos to people in school. Then before, you know, everybody in the school had this video me just being stupid, doing something funny. So that's where it all kind of started, I would say, you know. And see when you were doing those kinds of videos, like um, at school and and stuff, did you feel like you were like being yourself or was there like any kind of persona that you were putting on? I would probably say, I mean, I, I felt like myself because it made me feel good and it made me feel comfortable, but I would definitely say, it was a persona thing. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that I've got some form of personality disorder. And it's like where I've got so many different characters and sometimes they just like come in and out, out me. Mm-hmm. One day I'll wake up and I've not even thought about Bergy Boy for, I don't know, maybe three or four months. And then I'll just have the Bergy Boy persona and I'll feel like maybe doing a video or doing the voice or something. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say back in the day it was a persona thing, but yeah. but back then when you're that young, you don't know who you're, and mm-hmm. you're trying. It's everybody that you, you, it's the kind of people you hang about with. You're trying to impress them, and you take on these different personas, and then you start acting like somebody else. And then mm-hmm. it's just it's just a weird thing because you're still trying to find who you are as a person. Do you know so, what I mean? So when you were kind of growing up and and trying to find yourself, did you find that clothes were like important to you in terms of fitting in? 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> because obviously I, I grew up in Glasgow, so I got big time caught up in the sort of Ned gang culture. So I think my first sort of kind of style would have probably have been like stuff Ned's wear, like the Bear Goss jackets, Lacoste tracksuits, Fred Perry jumpers, Henry Lloyd jumpers, Rockports, trackies. So, and that that is definitely trying to impress people. That's trying to impress people who, you know, that you hang about with or, you know, just to sort of look cool and stand out and, and show people, right, this is the sort of person I am. This is who, this is the kind of vibe I'm hmm. sending it here. Um so I would say, like, me personally, the first sort of style I had was definitely the Ned stuff. But, I mean, before that, this kind of stuff I wore, just my mum, my mum dressed me, my dad dressed me. Mm-hmm. And they, they used to dress me in, they used to dress me like a, a 21-year-old Italian guy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> when I was, like, fucking five and six. You told me that your, your dad <laughs> used to take you to... Oh. Shaking Stephen's concert. Hot dog, she's my baby. Hot dog, she drives me crazy. Hot dog, aye. <laughs> like, but I mean, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know any better, right? I just get grew up, and my dad was a fucking and my mum. They were fucking. I don't know what it was, but the two of them were really, really, really big, avid Shaky Stephen's fans, right? I remember I had this videotape. And it was a, it was shake it was back to back wall to wall shaky Stevens music videos, <laughs> and I watched this fucking thing ten times a day, and that's how I mastered the dance, man. Right? Oh but my, my but my, my mum and dad, they were, honestly, it was it seemed like it was fucking every week. I'm like, what the? They would take me all the place to see shaky Stevens <laughs> concerts, and they would make me wear denim trousers. <laughs> Denim jacket, double fucking denim, right? I'm six. <laughs> and they 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 made they spiked my hair up and they would make me fucking dance like them. Like I was a wee I was like their wee personal shaky Stevens performing dancing monkey. Um but oh I would wear God. I would wear they would put they would make me wear like these um denim jeans with these like bright coloured t-shirts and a leather jacket. Um <laughs> waistcoats fucking <laughs> uh, I, I like the in the, the in the winter they would make me wear um these like big thick um i don't know how it, it's like 
Right, you know how when you're getting in somebody's house, right, and they've got a doormat, right? You know how that fucking thick doormat material, they would make me wear jackets with that material. Oh, my God. They were these big Moroccan, they looked like a Moroccan jacket with reindeers and fucking trees and shit on them. But not only that, they, I had a brother who was three years younger than me, and they dressed us identical. So we were like wee twins just walking about wearing this mad kinky clobber. <laughs> Kinky Clover. <coughs> oh my god. Looking back, I'm like, fuck me, man, that was wild, but <laughs> I but so obviously you you had this sort of online presence and stuff, and then you started like doing live gigs. Do you yeah. remember? So you said in your first live gig, like half of it was like Bergy Boys, so yeah. obviously. You were wearing like a Burgos jacket, pronounced Sev- it right? Several. Yeah. Uh, when you did the bit as yourself, do you remember like what you wore? Aye. So basically the setup was, I mean, I was, I, I was so, I, I was so ignorant to, I'd, I, before I'd done it, I'd been watching things about stand-up comedy and how to get into it and stuff and what sort of, you needed this five minutes and everything like that. So going into it, I was like, oh, this is going to be mad. So I put on this like DJ night. So I was DJing, but I was doing stand-up as well. It was called Mikey Stands Up, and it was called Mustaches, Pubes and Bergies, right? That was the name of the show because I had a moustache at the time and I had this like, I had this kind of Facebook patter that I would always talk about pubes and then obviously Bergies. So I went and... It was mental. It was fucking, it was ridiculous. I was DJing first. So people were all kind of bouncing about. And then I was like, right, now it's time for the comedy. Everybody <laughs> sit down. You know, that's he- how, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? It's like everybody's bouncing about to happy hardcore, oh, having a good hell. time. And I'm like, right, everybody settle down. Now, now I'm going to uh, make you oh laugh. Oh my God. And it was, it was, so basically the first half hour, I just, I was like, right. Obviously, that's fucking crazy, doing an hour for your... Right, it's, it's just it's so stupid. But I didn't know any better. So I was wearing just jeans, um, a pair of Nike trainers, and I think I was wearing a, a North Face hoodie jumper. And I was basically just trying to... I didn't have any jokes, right? I didn't have any actual jokes. It was just like stories, like just having like telling people stories and it was just weird man it was I was getting some laughs but a lot of the time people were just looking at me like what the fuck are you talking about man right so I done that and then um <laughs> one, of, one of my mates jumped in the mic and says right that was good oh yeah. we'll put another couple of songs on and then Bergy Boy's coming out oh but see when I done oh. the Bergy Boy bit everybody was just pissing herself laughing Everybody like wow. just it was just because because the video was so viral and because it's just the voice you can really say anything with the voice <laughs> and people think it's funny. So I was just talking to the crowd and it was just it was that that part was good, but the bit before it I hated man. I was like, mm. oh wow, this is a lot lot harder than what I actually thought it was going to be. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. Did you? After that, go back to the drawing board in some ways. Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. I, I, I went, I can remember getting home after it. And by the way, can I just say that I was actually absolutely steaming, right? And I, I had I was, I had been taking some drugs as well. And after it, I went, I can remember getting hmm. home myself and just being like, I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I feel here. I was like, I thought I was fucking funny, man. I, I, I thought like I, I thought this would be easy to me, and it just, I didn't, I just didn't really know what it was all about yet. And I did um, think, right, if I want to do this, I'm going to need to get good at it. I'm going to need to practice, and then obviously mm-hmm. that's when I started really, really, really like watching every day. Just I get obsessed with stuff, so I was just constantly watching mm-hmm. videos. And just basically, and I started reading books, started listening to loads of audio tapes, and it was just basically saying the only way you can get better 
at this is just being on the stage as much as you can. So that's when I started applying for loads of open mics and stuff and just really mm-hmm. trying to write jokes and look at the material I had on Facebook and the things that made people laugh and try and make them into actual bits and jokes. Because you've experienced what it takes to become good at something before because you started DJing when you were really, really young. Yes. And now you're like pro. Like we went to like a... We went to like a, a studio <laughs> <laughs> in Govan. And like for the listeners, Mikey does like happy hardcore and I'm more of like a house DJ. So we DJ like different styles, but you like taught me some happy hardcore stuff. You taught me how to scratch as yep. well. And it was so fun. We'd actually never hung out before. Our first hangout was like in a tiny room doing DJ. Um, <laughs> that was good. And I remember those little guys like outside, like, are you making motion? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. <coughs> See oh that, that that's the kind of shit that made me, that makes me feel when that happened, we were just walking. I think we were <laughs> going out for a, a, a roll up or a cigarette. <laughs> and um, we were standing outside and there was these like four guys and they were, you, they were, you could tell they were under the influence. They were drunk and all that. Oh, you make emotion, and then I was like, "Ah, that's me, hey." <laughs> but, but because you were there, I was like, "Oh no, she must think I'm a pure dick." I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel like sometimes it just it gets a wee bit embarrassing when people notice you. Do you know what I mean? Well, I was like, "That is iconic." <laughs> like I, you, I mean, you know me now. I'm literally uh, like, I'm like, oh my god, I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you're like DJing for you. You're like at that level where you you just you just know what to do and every, you kind of got that intuition that comes with experience uh, so are you kind of thinking right let's apply the same amount of like work and time to comedy are you kind of just like applying that same work ethic to uh, this definitely like mm-hmm. I got I set a deck when I was 11 so it was just bedroom DJing for until I was like 17 and it mm-hmm. was just a constant obsession it was, all, I was just like, as soon as I get home from school, I would be on the decks. If I was in my mates, all my mates ended up getting sets of decks, we would always be on decks. So it was mm. just that constant practice. And we would be making tapes and you'd listen back and it's always just trying to get better. So obviously I kind of knew that to practice a skill, you need to be practicing at least fucking five or six hours a day to get really, really good at it. With stand-up, it's a bit different because... It's trying to get the stage time. Mm-hmm. When I started, it was like there wasn't really any open mics in Glasgow. It was just like salsa, and it's like every second Wednesday. So it was really hard mm-hmm. at the start to get, you know, to get good and to try and craft something, um, because like you've only got like five minutes, so it's not a lot of time to get good. You really need to be on it constantly. So mm-hmm. I definitely know, you know. I learned a lot through the DJ and even with the terms of the scene, different yeah. people that you meet, um, it's it's no much different for the comedy scene. Um, so I learned a lot that way as well. But I obviously getting that extra, you know, time on the stage was obviously that's what I really needed. So it's you know it's just getting as many gigs as you can to try yeah. and fill up the time. In some ways as well, like you talked about being a bedroom DJ for like X amount of time before then DJing out side in like public spaces it's almost like you had that same experience with the making videos at home and like building up a little bit of a repertoire and like online content and then you know after some time then taking the outside and learning how to react to like a live crowd um also I think like I noticed that you treat like comedy like DJs treat um the club scene in that you kind of make the stuff happen that you want to happen so I sort of have been a part of the club scene in some ways like I I kind of did flyering and stuff and and I've done radio so I'm kind of aware of like how it works I know that a lot of DJs will just put on a lot of nights when they start out to, Mm -hmm. to get like time and to curate stuff and it like builds community and it's a it's really cool actually I think like like th- that DIY aesthetic we have a really strong scene in Glasgow for music clubs and everything like that but I've noticed that you kind of do take that energy into the comedy scene and you're always putting on nights and you started like the vibe room which is a it's a great night you give people some of their first gigs like their first opportunities like yeah. and it's 
it is people do like really like you for that like you have people do just think you're genuinely lovely for for like curating that night and putting it on i see i think everybody hates me right i, I know what? i know they, i know i know they don't but i've got this sort of ocd where mm-hmm. i just think oh they don't like me why don't you like me love me and i know but and then people always say like oh like people message me <laughs> say, uh, we were talking and I heard people talking in the green room they were just talking about how lovely you are and stuff like that and I don't believe it because I just can't believe it but definitely I know what you mean what you're saying with the sort of taking the energy for the the, the rave scene to the comedy scene <clears throat> because when it, when I, like I said when I started it was only like the salsa and these sort of small nights the, the waiting list for the stand the waiting list for the monkey barrel and all these other clubs were just so long and I'm like well I don't want to wait Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait on somebody giving me an opportunity when I can create my own opportunities. Yeah. I, so... I know, you know, it's like um, in the rave scene, look, you know, I started getting booked quite early when I started DJing and I, I was very lucky to get a residency in Archaeos and all these cool, you know, clubs. And after that, you know, you, you, you get picked up really easy and you start getting these other gigs and these other offers but at the same time on the side you can put your own events on mm-hmm. so that's what I thought with a Vibram I thought look it's also came I was in one of the books I was reading as well I think it was um Stephen Rosenfield um he's an American guy he's taught like some of the best in America it's like uh, how to master stand-up he suggested like it's quite hard when you're starting it to get um you know gigs so put your own put your own gig on and just go on the stage as much as you can and it gives other people opportunities as well. So I've seen that as an opportunity for me to get better and also give other people a chance that couldn't get into the bigger clubs straight away. And also a place for people to practice, to get good enough to then go into places like Red Raw and they're already, you know, sort of ready for it. Yeah, I think like um, it is really valuable when you're starting out to have somebody that will book you like just through a, like a message without even saying like, yeah. something like a video and um yeah I'm sure like many people are like super grateful for the vibe room um so I want to talk to you about like obviously like the first gigs you did like Bergie Boy and then you said you were kind of like DJing at your first gig as well so you just went like a north face and that after that when you started to sort of take stand up more seriously and go back to the drawing board I feel like you've sent me a picture of one of your first looks and it was kind of that like jeans and smart shoes vibe. <laughs> Is that, am I remembering that correctly or? I, so, <laughs> that, right, so I felt like this was a gig, this was a gig in Glee and obviously it's a big club, but smart looking. I was like, right, I don't want to just go up there. I was still trying to work out my style, my stage style. I was still trying to play a bit and feel what 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 am I here right so no only was I wearing jeans and smart shoes I was wearing a shirt a tie and a suit jacket basically Seinfeld (laughs) right and I thought to myself right I'm going to look so smart and I'm going to come out on the stage and I've got to be like right this is a this is a businessman (laughs) and then I just start talking about wanking Right, so it's a shock factor. They're like, oh, here's this cool, nice dressed guy then. It's just filthy. That's the only time I've done that, by the way. That is the only... <laughs> I was like, I was like, cool, one of my guests on my podcast has a set that is 100% wanking material. <laughs> no, at, at, the, at the start, it was basically pretty much talking about my moustache and, and wanking. Terrible stuff, you know, but... Um, <laughs> But I, I actually, to be honest, same. Like people come up to me and they're like, "Remember when you used to do that stuff about wanking?" I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like I just, I just remember that there. I was like, people judging you. There, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I was like, "Oh my god!" That was actual my material. <laughs> I think it's everybody's first material. But why? I just, I, I don't know what was going through my head at the I time. I think people think like, "Oh, this is shocking." Nobody wants to admit mm-hmm. that they wank, but I'm going to admit it, and they'll admire me for being vulnerable and admitting that I wank and people are just like that's disgusting (laughs) I'm so vulnerable (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but but basically aye that that was that was the first time I wore like something really smart on stage and 
to be honestly, I felt like a bit of a dick. Mm. Do you know? You just not really feel yourself in that I, moment nah, as well. I felt like I should have been at a wedding. Do you know what I mean? I felt <laughs> like I should have been at a wedding or at some sort of business meeting. But mm-hmm. I was I was on the stage. Um, so that was like that. And then I've tried, you know, tried to wear like jeans and like tight. I was wearing tight jeans for a while with shoe, with, with trainers and um, <laughs> like a, a sort of trendy, trendy jacket with my hair shaved at the sides and my, my hair <laughs> and a quiff. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, man? Um, but I think, I think where I'm at right now, Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's the vibe. That's the, that's you know the the sort of the space, the the the, the fashion space I want to be in, and that's like obviously just looking like at jeans, a hoodie with my curtains, or a hoodie and a baggy t-shirt. That's just that, mm-hmm. That's where I feel feel comfortable. That's just I think that just that is just a bit of me, you know. Yeah, I do think that like suits you. Thanks. I think that's all I've seen you wear as well, because we only really met. You DM'd me after a gig once and I patched you. I'm sorry. That's all right. Listen, don't you worry said, about it. I like that song, What's the Vibe? And then I just, I don't know what happened. No, to I, be fair. I think I, I says, was... I think I says, um, <laughs> thanks. I can't get that fucking tune out of my head. <laughs> um, and no, it's just, no, just that. It's every single fucking tune you do. Like, it's just constantly in my, in my, my, my head all the time. Like, put it in the freezer it's just (laughs) it's just fucking constantly in my mind just like oh it's wild but it's good but your tunes are so catchy oh thanks i hope i can make them funny soon (laughs) no they're they're funny as well they're funny too i've been trying to i always like send you voices i'm like is this funny (laughs) um yeah, because like when I first met you, I think you were just wearing like that purple hoodie with the mushrooms on, yep. jeans, the curtains. I felt like I wasn't expecting you to be like as nice as you actually are, which sounds really mental. But like, I thought you would just be, like be quite scary for some reason. And then I met you and I remember you gave me a hug outside the vibe room. And I was like, I was like, that is the best hug I've ever had in my life. <laughs> See, I was uh, pure thinking about it for the rest of the week. Like, I, that Mikey guy, like... <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I, did I tell you that before? I don't know if I told you that, but I was uh, like... I was like, hmm, that was a good hug. Fucking hell. Oh, what, man? Well, see, the thing is, you said um, you thought I'd be... What, what, what was that? Scary. That, uh, what, what, what made you think that? Because a few people have said that. Because I, I, I can be scary. I used to be scary. I used to be a bit of a, a, bit of a scary dick. You know, like, pre, pre you know, um, like, gig days, pre-comedy and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to say, oh, I'm a nice guy. Hey, look at, every, look at me, everybody. It's not like yeah, that. Yeah, do you think those guys are dangerous? The ones that say, I'm really nice, by the way. So I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> That makes me respect you more. That you're like, I'm nice. Aye. I'm not just making. I'm not saying I'm too nice. Though. Aye, that's it. But so, what, 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 what made you think that I was going to be scary? Was it the beard? I have or... no idea. I've, I've maybe it was the goatee. <laughs> Aye. See that that's a fucking fashion statement. You know what I mean? What about with a goatee? Um, it's, I can't it's... imagine you without one now. I, neither can I. I, mean? like, I think that's your just your whole aesthetic, and the curtains. When you got rid of the curtains briefly, I was like, "Nah, you're ruining I your aesthetic." Aye, I think that's it. No, I think it's just like curtains for life, curtains and beard for life. But um, mm-hmm. no, I just I try and I try and be nice to people. Like I knew I knew getting into this scene, um, like I said, it is very similar to the hardcore scene. But in the hardcore scene. Everybody is just completely wasted all the time. So yeah. people argue and, you know, people argue in the comedy scene as well, right? But it's a, it's different in the sense of, in the hardcore scene, you would, I would just, I wouldn't go to my way to be nice to anybody. You know, <laughs> you, you just mirror, you just mirror. Like, if they're nice to you, then you be nice. If they're a dick, then you just disregard them. But in the comedy scene, I know it's like, you just need to, number one, be a nice guy. Just be nice to mm-hmm. people. And then I felt like, well, I'm running this comedy club now, so I, I don't want to come across as a dick to anybody. 
So I need to be, you know, I need to be, I need to turn on my nice Mikey mode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I really liked the other day when you asked my pronouns. Like, I just like that because I, d- I, I haven't really experienced that super often. So it made me feel good because like at the moment I am she, her, but <laughs> you know, if I ever wanted to change that, it's nice to know that like there are supportive people out there who will ask that yeah. before D- a gig. To be it was honest, nice. It made me feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's good. That's good because I was <laughs> fucking so nervous to ask you. Do you know what I know? It's like, Aww. you, you, that, I wasn't even nervous about the gig. I was sitting up the night before, like, <laughs> fuck, um, how do I ask this question? And, 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 and what if I fuck it up on stage? Because I have introduced you quite a lot. And then I, I started to think, oh, no, what if I said the wrong thing? And it made me really, really <laughs> conscious because obviously I host a lot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the majority of gigs I'm getting is mostly hosting. So mm-hmm. it's like, I really need to move into that space where I'm conscious and I'm asking people because, like like I said, it was you that made me conscious. We had a chat about it before and I remember you said, oh, you're learning, right? And I was like, right, aye. And then that's why I asked you because I wasn't sure, you know, what your pronouns were. Maybe if Aww. I just looked on your fucking Instagram and where it says she, her. I uh, only just put them on because for ages I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel, but I think I'm in a she, her space at the moment. I think aye. briefly... I wasn't sure, but because yeah, I think like it's it's good to just have that in in any situation, like before before you have someone enter into your space, just to make sure that you know that stuff. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, <laughs> that was a freed up as well, which yeah. is like a sober night. And you and me are both sober. I think it's really funny that we met. So I've been doing comedy for a while, but yeah. we hadn't really crossed paths. No. But I think like we've actually like shared some like really wholesome experiences, like sober experiences, and um, like we went to that northern soul. (laughs) 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 Oh, what I mean! And like that was that was was, we both. I feel like we've tragically tried to dress northern soul. So it was my fourth (laughs) sober birthday, and you were like, "Oh, I'm doing the tech at this." northern soul night and you knew that i was like obsessed with northern soul yeah so you're like you're like do you want to come and i was like yes like a hundred percent i'd just been through a breakup i was feeling so tragic and i feel like going to do that like dj practice at pirate studios and then this northern soul night like they genuinely saved me genuinely from i was just going through such a like you know when you like lose like friends and you lose yep. like relationships in a breakup and you just feel a bit like lost and I feel like these little moments like made me feel like you you will be okay. Oh, I love that. Isn't I that love nice? It. But so I remember we like were texting each other like, "What should we wear tonight?" And <laughs> neither of us really had like that much, like many Northern Soul clothes. I actually dressed. I wore brothel creepers, which are like. <laughs> They are not mod. They are like, maybe you'd buy them in the same shop, you know, D's of Chongate, like the mod shop, because Aye. that caters to all subcultures of that, um, that, that era. era. Yep. But I was wearing these like brothel creepers, a white tennis skirt and like a top. And I remember I had like the worst spot ever. I remember that so clearly. It was like this crazy hormonal spot. And then you were wearing like a jumper, but you had this like checkered shirt. <laughs> and I remember you had your collars sort of sticking out the bottom. <laughs> And my, my, my cuffs as well. Yeah, that was it. And then we went and I, I like literally wanted to go to a, a Northern Soul or Mod Night for the whole of lockdown and become really obsessed with it. But I yeah. thought, I'll never go. Like, there'll never be one in Glasgow or whatever. Yeah. And we went and there was all these kind of like older people on the scene dressed up to the nines doing yeah. like the, the Northern Soul dance, like the footwork type stuff. We... <laughs> <laughs> Did not know how to no. do the dance. No, no. <laughs> we all, like we like badly did the look and the dance, <laughs> but I think people like respected our enthusiasm. <laughs> I definitely they, they knew we were fresh faces in the scene, <laughs> right? Because remember, this is a mod reunion. Every single person, <laughs> every guy, was wearing like a one of these cool mod suits. You know, every single person had big <laughs> sideburns that they just they, they just what you could tell they were authentic real original OG <laughs> modsters right and all the women were wearing the sort of same stuff like the kind of jeans with the wee Fred Perry yeah there were people in like nice like dresses like almost 70s dresses and like kind of kitten yep. heels and yep. 
God. The best thing ever was like the DJs were, <laughs> were like fanning themselves with their seven inch records. <laughs> I just thought that was so fair, even though they like, were, yeah, some of them were sweat. They were sweating to death, actually. Like they were, but they were, you could tell, like, it, it really made me think, like, well, <laughs> here's this, here's this scene for the 60s, 70s, and all these people are all catching up and they're having the time of their lives. And it's just because they were into that style of music, they were into the fashion years ago. And I was thinking to myself, well, that's like me with the, with the raves, the hardcore raving. It yeah, was just, it's just, you're bringing it back as well, like you're yeah. doing a reunion night, yeah. weren't you? That's right. But I, I just, the, the bit I loved the best was um, the DJ who was actually DJing at the mod night <laughs> was called... <laughs> da, da, da. It was called DJ Mikey Collins. <laughs> And that is my name. That is me. <clears throat> I'm DJ Mikey Collins. Well, Mikey Motion, but my real name is Mikey Collins. But we're just looking at each other like, I can't believe this. I was looking at him like, right, this is me in the fucking future. <laughs> just a, 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 a an old baldy guy just sweating to death in a basement, just fucking fanning himself with his old records. I'm like, this is me. But then it turned out, me and you had quite a bit of fun with that guy because... <laughs> he he was doing this fucking crazy crazy mod dancing but he just I don't even know how to describe it but he just looked confused he didn't know where he was looking he was bumping into people but that was that was his dance and everybody was egging him on like on you go Mikey <laughs> you're fucking you're killing it you're killing it and he was just he'd done oh bump it, 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 the mod dance is fucking mental man right the mod dance is great and then me and you couldn't get enough me and you were like look at this guy this is amazing no, it, and then, it was funny because <laughs> I'm crying at the end of the night <laughs> so fucking good man. he was just walking around like I feel like he didn't even try at the end <laughs> he wasn't even trying <laughs> to do any like shuffling he was just like purposefully walking to like this one bit of the I... spot it would just walk up it. And then, like, walking with purpose and, like, doing, like, one little sidestep. And then, whenever I tried to do any kind of dancing, he'd always bump into me. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh. What a night. Oh that, that, God. honestly, like, that, that night was just fucking <laughs> brilliant, man. Because it was just, I could tell, like, I could tell you were enjoying it, right? Because, right, we had the we had the style, we had the fashion element, right? We were trying to blend in. We were trying our hardest to blend in with these people, and we did we did try, right? You you were looking good. I think I was looking all right, and we went and we just we fucking danced all night, man. And the the tunes were brilliant. Yeah, just, I love the tune. The tune was just banger after banger, and I hadn't heard a lot of the tunes because obviously. When we say listen to mod, you you only know the kind of the the, the the sort of classics, but they were playing all these brilliant tunes, and it was like they they actually it was like listening to them. They built a set. They were they were playing mm-hmm. kind of slow ones and getting really fast and up tempo, and then they could tell like DJ Mikey Collins was when he was doing the decks. The other DJ must have knew right. He's he's fucked. I need to play a mellow tune for him to mellow out here. Oh my god, I just remembered there's a comedian, John Ross, who's also a DJ as well. He right. also straddles the two arts, like us. Right. And he was driving me to a gig in East Kilbride. I remember at this gig, I was drinking milk from the carton and eating cereal bars. I don't know why that was what I was eating. And I also remember I had really bad skin. I feel like those two things might have been linked. Right. And a guy that I saw a few months later after that gig said... You're looking a lot better now, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what was wrong with me at the time. Did you? But anyway, I was um, I'm, a guy drove me to the gig, John Ross, and yeah. he showed me this amazing song called Superstition from the film Northern Soul, and it changed my life. That song, and right. I remember sitting and watching the film, and in the film, the DJ's dying on his ass because, by the way, you can die on your ass as a DJ and a oh, musician. People 100%. think you can't, but you fucking can. It feels terrible. He's dying on his ass, and then like the the DJ in the film, and he puts a record onto the onto yeah. the turntable. And in my head, I was like, "This is going to be that song that John Ross showed me in the car." Puts it on, puts the needle on, boom, 
de-de-de-de, like suspicion oh. comes on. I fucking cried oh, when I watched amazing. it. So I was like, I'd been listening to that song so much. I saw John Ross the other day. Yep. I didn't fucking even recognize him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you changed my life. Like, who I, I you? told you. I was, I was like, I ch- I've changed. I told him. I was like, you've changed my life. He was like, right. Aye. Anyway, he's like the coolest guy ever. He DJs like Soul and Buff I, Club and that. I have, I've, I have heard him. I don't think I've met him. It's funny, yeah, he's he's like kind of disco soul. I'm sure he does a bit of everything, but he's disco yep. soul. You're like happy hardcore and rave. I'm like definitely house and trance yep. and a bit of disco and funk if I'm DJing in a bar. But yep. my main thing is 90s rave. Oh, yeah. But yeah oh, yeah, you baby. Got me, you got me into happy hardcore. Yep. We also went to, <laughs> we didn't mean to go to this gig together, but no. Freed Up do the, like, the comedy nights that you host each month. And I've performed at a couple of them and... I go to a lot of the events uh, just because it's really nice to go to like sober events. And I, I actually go to the freed up events, the rave ones. The first one I went to, I just went by myself. Mm-hmm. I just went and I just joined in. Yeah. And then since then, I've just kept going by myself, do you know? And I, I meet people there. I sort of know them, recognize the same people, but I'm sort of cool with just going. I went the other night. I was wearing white jeans, white Fred Perry and Reebok classics. I thought it was kind of like uh, channeling This Is England. Yeah. I go, I'm just dancing away. I hear an MC. It's fucking you MCing <laughs> coincidentally at this. I was like, Mikey. And then you genuinely, I've got a video of you and you're like this. You're like, you're like, you're doing your like MC. And then you go, oh, it's Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, shout out to Amelia. Aye. It made me feel really cool, to be honest. And then we danced all night, but you kept your fucking jacket on the whole uh, night is that a raver thing that i'm not aware of um sometimes it just makes me feel comfortable like i mean everybody everybody in that place asked me are you you know you must be boiling you know roasting with that, with that <laughs> jacket on and i was like i don't sweat I don't okay. sweat. It raves. I just, I don't know what it is. I just. Do you think you sweated in the past and, but you just sweated it all out over so many years of raving that po- you don't do it anymore? Po- possibly. But even back, <laughs> even back in the day, there was a joke like, um, like even like it was our chaos under. So I was like 13, 14 and I was basically raving and it was like ha- happy hardcore and I would wow. wear, I would wear a duffel coat. So see like an actual, <laughs> duff, that, that was the style that it was like, Black jeans, uh, brown rock pots, a black or grey <laughs> um, duffel coat with a Fred Perry jumper underneath, and I would have this buttoned right up. I would have, <laughs> I would have fucking gloves, woolly, 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 magic gloves on at a rave, and this was just the style. This was just the kind of, again, the kind of Neddy gang culture style. And I would I never did not know like Paddington Bear had such an influence on like uh, rave culture, like duffel coats. But I would, <laughs> I, well, I would, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was rave culture style, but I would definitely say like the kind of Ned culture brought it into the under scene. So, wow. like, but just going back to like school, like I, I you know, I would when I went into first year, mm-hmm. I, I wore a uniform, I wore like just je- black jeans. Um, like kickers boots and uh, uh, a black jumper it would have Trinity the Trinity logo that was a school logo and a white Fred Perry and I would wear a, a, a North Face jacket or a bear goss over that right but I then when I went to second year and just started like no giving a fuck just started mixing with the in crowds I would literally this is and looking back I'm like what the fuck was I thinking what <laughs> why did my mum or my dad even let me pass the door in the fucking morning right because <laughs> I would wear brown Rockport boots, right? <clears throat> cream, cream, <laughs> Reebok joggies, right? <laughs> a br- a blue duffel coat and a and a hat like a. <clears throat> I don't know if you're familiar with the the baseball caps that were really rare in the nineties. People used to wear them. It was like a it was either an American football team, a basketball team, and it was like the big logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were called slasher hats you got a different kind of there was like different um, styles you would get but these were big time Ned hats so I would wear that's what I would wear to school brown rock ports cream trackies <laughs> a, br- a <coughs> sorry a blue duffel coat and, a, and this stupid hat that was orange 
<clears throat> so that that's the kind of style that we took into the the unders oh. and but I but basically back to no sweating at the rave it freed up. Um, I was wearing jeans, trainers. I, I had a hat on and I had like the, a new bergos, like a kind of anarchy new style bergos, and I just had it zipped right up. Loved um, it. I loved it. it. I felt so cool dancing next to you because you'd been like emceeing, and then I was like, "Yeah, I actually know the MC." <laughs> <laughs> Hello. No, Hello. Do, you, do you want to know what it was? Um, I, I, I didn't have a. It was basically that was just run about the Queen dying. That rave. It was either like the week after it, I think, or, or maybe just it was definitely run about that time. But I had like eight gigs cancelled because obviously Shit, that had happened. Man. So. And then the the eight gigs I had were spread out across like seventeen or eighteen days. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a gig in seventeen days, and I was dying inside. I was fucking just like I had the big come down. I I'd, obviously I I just wasn't getting that buzz that I needed. So when I went yeah. to when I went to freed up, I saw an opportunity. Uh, my pal was DJing, and I'm like, I'm going to MC for. He's like, oh brilliant! So I just kind of jumped on to, to hype the crowd and see when I done that. I felt fucking brilliant. I felt alive again. Yeah. And then I came down and, and then... saw you and I had such a great night and I'm glad I went because and bumped yeah. into you because we did have a good night. We were dancing all night and it was good tunes and I did get a wee bit of stage time. And then after that night, I felt fucking good again. I felt, oh, I'm back. I'm back alive, baby. So, yeah, I feel like that as well when I'm gigging. I feel good. I feel like, I feel like myself. Um. So you talked a little bit about your sort of journey with you know back when you were like younger and you used to wear like certain clothes to fit into a certain like social scene and then doing personas online and like obviously like the burgie boy character like now at this point in your career do you feel quite like settled into yourself on stage and off stage um i would say i'm just getting comfortable mm-hmm. on stage like i'm just actually mere me when I'm on stage it's like I feel a lot comfortable hosting right because I know I've I mean I've got a lot of freedom to sort of speak to the crowd and just you know fall into bits naturally whereas if I'm going up to do a five or ten minute set I'm just I'm just trying not to speak to the crowd and I'm just inside the character that I'm in I'm trying to act basically um um so you can get a bit wooden when you're in your set and you've kind of rehearsed it, <clears throat> so I feel a lot more me when I'm when I'm hosting, and I think I'm just trying to transfer that energy. And it just any time I'm on stage, I still get so nervous. I still I still t- suffer from terrible, horrendous stage fright. Um, when I, <clears throat> it's really funny because obviously I've been DJing for years, and at the start in my DJ career. I was so nervous and then at a certain point <clears throat> I started obviously playing at festivals and bigger raves and I just lost the nerves I just I don't ever 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 get nervous before a DJ gig ever doesn't matter who's there or who I'm playing in front of I just don't get nervous so obviously comedy is a lot different for DJing you're standing on the stage it's just you the mic and them you've not got any music to hide behind so it's very different but I'm trying to transfer that energy from being just me and not being nervous the DJ side to the comedy comedy side, but it is hard. Uh, you know yourself. Um, it's just it's. I, I just I, I just I, I would love for the I would love to be no be as nervous. But a lot of people say you need the nerves as well. You know what I mean before you go on stage and stuff. Yeah, I think nerves can be good. Like it shows that you care, etc. <laughs> These are all the things I say to myself. Yeah, I find like the more I gig though, and the more varied the kind of gigs I do are. I don't know if that was grammatically correct. Like the less nervous I become because the less attached I become. I'm just like in the flow. I'm just like, this is like what I do. Yeah. This is my skill set. Like, and that's that. Like yep. you just become better at dealing with unexpected moments. I think, um, and I... I think sobriety really helps with that as well. Like I think the more years of sobriety I have under my belt, the more clear headed I am and, the better I am at dealing with the ups and downs. I think I need to hold on to that because, you know, occasionally, like, I do think, oh, like, 
oh, will I be sober forever? But I do think it's probably like the best thing I've ever done for my career and for my personal life. Yeah. Um, and I think the sober raves and like going out raving with you as well into that like mod night has been really useful as well because it showed me that you can like have a good time and you can like have a connection with someone and like yep. have fun without being absolutely off your nut, you know? A hundred percent. We were having pure chat outside that sounded Aye. like we were like fucked. We're like talking about our lives, you know <laughs> what I mean? And I was like, I was like, this is sounds like we've been like on it for days. We're I like, know. but we were sober, so. But the good thing about it is <laughs> I actually felt mad with it. I felt as if I was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's good. It's good when you've, you know, like you yeah. said, but like you're sober, I'm sober. So, Mm-hmm. We know, you know, like we're not going to get drunk or anything, but we're, mm-hmm. we're we're still trying to do the same things, yeah, as if we were drunk, and that's what we basically done. We just danced, went for yeah. a a roll up, and and um and just spoke, and it was that wee cycle, and then went for a drink. It was just <laughs> it was just that wee cycle all night long, and then at the end of it, it was just it was just sort of sitting outside <laughs> as if we're sitting on a pavement in Ibiza, just for <laughs> talking about our lives and. It was brilliant, and I and, and, and <clears throat> I think because everybody else is having a good time, mm-hmm. and then it's because you've been in that situation so many times when you have been drunk and you have been yeah. maybe taking drugs that you, you you're like your body and brain must think, all oh, right, I'm back in this situation. He so it must give you some sort of buzz. Yeah, I think there's like muscle memory comes into it, and like yeah like familiarity and then also like getting the energy off other people but yeah I think like if you've been out over a certain number of years and been out a lot those kind of situations are easy it just takes maybe a few times doing it sober to like get to that point of like feeling that buzz so I'm excited for us to have more nights out oh 100% man um and I'm excited to send you pictures of my outfits and new clobber and garms free and for con- you to do the same. Yeah. Free free content. <laughs> and um yeah, do you have so what's like your plan for the next few months? I feel like you might have something to plug. Hopefully I can get this podcast out before because you have like um a lot of comedy nights, but you also have a rave event coming up, which seems quite exciting too. Aye, of course. Um basically I just what I just stay sober, just keep my head in the game, try and be professional. But obviously, gig wise, um, the vibe room is happening once a month. We're going to have a strong lineup every, you know, at the end of every month in the vibe room. Also, what me and Paddy Linton are running Saturday Night Live at Tenant's Basement every Saturday. So it means we've got a gig every Saturday. You know, if I can't be there one week, if I've got another gig, he'll host it and vice versa. That starts at seven o'clock every Saturday, so that's going to be good. Um, I've got loads of gigs like um, I've been booked to host like sort of pop up comedy nights in different places, um, and what else? Um, oh, yeah, the rave. So um, basically, we're having a rave in in the Vibram. Um, I just seen like freed up nights happening. I seen we've been running a like there's these guys, young guys coming in, young DJs running a hard techno night. And when I've been sound teching for them, I've just seen it reminded me of the good times when I was starting it. And and there's like 250 people in the club. The walls are sweating. Everybody's having a good time, and the tunes are banging. And it made me feel like I want a shot of the decks while they were on. So I'm like, let's do a rave. We're gonna go back in time. It's gonna be a hardcore time machine. We're gonna take you back to the 90s. We're gonna take you back to that golden era, a UK happy hardcore for oh, 2005 to 2010. All the tunes are romanticizer, you know. I, I made you a folder, um, a tunes, and they they're the over the past like two or three years, I've been going back and listening to them because they they tunes are like for two thousand five, two thousand six, and they were my favorite tunes at the time. The other tunes I've really loved, and some of them I forgot about. So, you know, I've got loads of mates who used to go to raves. We used to travel down to England. We used to travel to Spain. We used to travel all the place to these raves. So I thought, let's bring it back, and the. You know, as a good venue, it's a good sound system. I've asked some of my mates. I've even got um, three people at a retirement to play at it. So old old DJs and MCs, <coughs> DJ Mick, who was one of my best pals in hardcore. We used to produce together. We used to make a lot of tracks together. He has been, you know, he's not done a set in about 10 years and everybody always saying, when's he coming back? So he's agreed that's a big thing. And I've got MC Flea and Bobby G who were my sort of MCs and the Twisted and Brainfire days in our chaos and 
you know, we've travelled down south, so it's going to be good. Um, Friday, the 21st October, um, if you fancy a bit of nostalgic, happy, hardcore, get yourself along. Or if you fancy a new night, something new with fresh faces, happy faces, everybody loving each other, having a good time, a good sound system, get your body down. Bring your face. Yes. Amazing. <coughs> well, that is super exciting. And yeah, thank you so much for being such a fabulous guest and for being my sober rave buddy. Uh, <laughs> are, we, are, are we done? Yeah. Oh, man. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, <clears throat> no, I feel like we could talk for, for hours and hours about this stuff. I feel like I didn't even touch the the tip of the iceberg with fashion or anything like that, so there's going to have to be a part two there sometime down the line. There will be a part two, 100%. We'll do it once, um, <laughs> we'll do it once you and me have both changed our rave looks not, and our, um, and our stage looks in like yep. a year's time and I'll be like, I've stopped wearing a suit and piano tie. I'm now dressing in like <laughs> a North Face jumper and you'll be like, I wear a suit now. Like we'll have to go back and like revisit it. Uh, but... we'll, we'll swap places. <laughs> Freaky Friday. But yeah. Uh, you can follow Mikey Motion on Instagram at Mikey <laughs> underscore Motion. Instagram. I was trying to search you there. I was like, follow me on Instagram, Mikey Motion. Follow me on Facebook, Mikey Motion. Follow me on Facebook, Mikey Collins. Follow Vibram Comedy Club on Instagram and Facebook, and follow me on Mikey Motion. YouTube, I've got a podcast as well called Mikey's Bit of the Podcast. It's a solo podcast. I've just started it back up. There's like five episodes. If you want to hear more about me, listen to them. And aye, it's been brilliant. Um, I feel a bit sad that we're ending it here, um, but that's all right. But we'll end on a good <laughs> note. It was nice to meet um, everybody at Funny Looks. Um, <laughs> the, the whole team here the whole, at Funny Looks. The whole team at Funny Looks. Thanks for having me and thanks to other listeners. I l- really love every one of you each and individually. <laughs> um, so please follow me. I really need the followers. Um, it's, it's been lovely. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, listeners, uh, leave a review on Apple and Spotify and also... I can't think of anything else, but just <laughs> leave a review on Spotify and Apple and apple subscribe juice. and Apple Juice. And yes, catch you next time for another fabulous episode. Thank you very much, guys. Clothes, clover, gone, duff. Clothes, clover, I can't get enough, no. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. Close, clover, I can't get enough, no. Close, clover, gums, stuff. Close, clover, I can't get enough, no.